Thank you for tuning in to the WAM podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women in Manufacturing podcast. My name is Fran Brunel and I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions nationally within the manufacturing sectors. And I'm your host for today's show. Today, we welcome to the show Gabrielle Ferrara. Gabrielle is the Chief Operating Officer at Ferrara Manufacturing, a family-owned and operated American garment manufacturer. The company, founded in 1987, is located in Manhattan's Garment District and specializes in high-end tailored goods production. The organization is the recipient of the Cranes Family Business Award. Gabrielle leads the company's strategic development, integration of new technologies, and their day-to-day operations. Her work supports tailored goods production for prestigious organizations such as Ralph Lauren Purple Label, the Durst Organization, the United States Olympic Team, the United States Air Force, United States Navy, and the United States Coast Guard. Gabrielle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. Before we start, I want to just congratulate you on the announcement by the Manufacturing Institute that the organization will recognize you with the Step Ahead Award, which honors women who have demonstrated excellence and leadership in their careers. Congrats on that. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So, hey, if you can, please, I'd like you to introduce our listening audience to Ferrara Manufacturing and a little bit about your role in the company. Absolutely. So Ferrara Manufacturing, as you said, is an apparel manufacturing company. We've been producing some of the most prestigious garments in the United States since 1987. We are a family business. So my parents started the company in 1987 when they were in their early 20s and they got their first break producing Ralph Lauren runway show garments. And since then, we've produced garments for celebrities and all sorts of award shows, including garments for Oprah and Hillary Clinton. So we have a wide range of big fans. We're kind of like the secret sauce to the fashion industry. And we've recently taken that secret sauce and started working with government organizations such as producing uniforms for different military divisions, including the Coast Guard, the Navy, and the Air Force. So we're kind of the backbone to fashion, but also any sort of tailored clothes that you would recognize. And my role as chief operating officer is to make sure that We invest in different technologies to keep us at the cutting edge of apparel manufacturing and making sure that we continue to be industry leaders in that space. And I get to do a lot of fun things, a lot of variety, which I love about operations because it really touches every part of the business. And I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about American garment producing and production, and then also women getting involved in manufacturing and supply chain, because I think it's so important to have women enter that field and they might not know that it's a really amazing fit and opportunity for them. Yeah, that's great. We have a lot to talk about today, but before we get to some of that, I want to ask you about 
when and how you join the company. You and I talked before, and I know that there was a plan to bring you on board, and then the year of COVID happened. And so that process was dramatically accelerated. Can you speak into that a little bit? Absolutely. So my parents have been running the company for the last 30 years. And in 2016, I was ending a position at a startup company that I was running as president. And it was a company in the fashion tech space. So it was kind of tangential to what we're doing here at Ferrara Manufacturing. My parents had asked me to help with a few different projects in the operations space in the business. And I just kind of got addicted to the hands-on environment that manufacturing is. You're not just doing something and then it kind of goes into the ether like you would in technology. You're doing something and then you see its impact right in the production line. So it's a really, I think for certain people, it's a really addicting role. So I kind of got a taste of it in 2016. And then over the years, I was slowly getting into more of a leadership position. And then in 2019, a few years after I initially got involved, we had a few changes at the company. And then right as COVID hit, we pivoted really dramatically to producing PPE. And part of it was I was getting more and more involved in 2019 with New York City government around Save the Garment District. And I had met a bunch of people in the industry and at New York City government levels. And I got a call pretty early on in 2020 in early March saying, hey, this is turning into a crisis and we need gowns you know, as soon as possible. And at the time, we hadn't really produced anything at that scale. Most of what we produce is highly specialized and complex. So if you think about it, a gown is pretty simple. It's like a as easy as sewing a t-shirt. So we had to put our brains together to rethink our production line. And instead of making tailored garments, we needed to invest in all sorts of machinery and materials to produce isolation gowns. And within a week, we had purchased hundreds of thousands of yards of protective fabrics from all around the world, since at the time, there was no supply chain for protective material in the United States. And we had fully developed and gotten third-party tested a isolation gown that literally came into existence within days. And then we were able to, of course, start producing for various customers. But at the time, it was really scary because we had no orders in, we had no projections. All we knew is that we needed, we were hearing urgent cries for help and we needed to step in. So at that moment, it was a big transition in our company from a leadership perspective, because we were kind of planning this slow rollout of my of taking over the company and going into a leadership position. But you were thrown into it throughout our whole timeline. <laughs> it's an amazing story. And everybody talks about COVID pivots. This is one of the best pivot stories I've been exposed to in manufacturing. You guys really stepped up to the plate in a big way. Talk a little bit about the volume of work that you've done in PPE. Yeah, so we produce all together with across gowns and masks because we also 
After we finished the gown program, we then, of course, did a major mask program for the federal government. But between the two, our two flagship products for our PPE business group, we produced over 20 million garments. So if you had asked me a few years ago how many garments I would produce in the lifetime of the company, it probably wouldn't have been at that scale. So it was... It's a huge feat, and I'm so proud of the team here for accomplishing those numbers, but also the speed at which everyone was acting was just amazing. I mean, we had people working 24-7, not only on our team, but I even had uh, our freight forwarding team on the DHL side. They're one of our partners. I had them up till midnight with me almost every night in the beginning days just to get fabric here so we could produce gowns. So it was a really amazing supply chain, a full supply chain team effort to get done what we did. Boy, you talk about being thrown into the deep end and learning how to swim quickly. Just for the benefit of our listening audience, you told me that you are, you know, where were your parents during this time? Oh, they were actually out in Long Island for most of the COVID summer. And they were working remotely, helping kind of guide the process. But Angelo, my brother, who is also involved in the family business, and I were really leading the charge here with feet on the ground. And so it was a really interesting dynamic because up until then, they had really driven the company in the direction. And with my relationships with city government and some of the relationships we developed in the industry we were able to really pivot the leadership structure. I think it was a really good moment for my parents too, because they could see the future of what apparel manufacturing could look like in the US. Because up until then, we had really worked in the private sector. So they never even thought that public sector work could be something that our company could do. And it was really cool to see the kind of generational shift between our two, you know, different approaches of manufacturing. So I'm really proud of the team that we've built here for being able to pivot and start working on something that's totally different from what we typically make, because I think there's a real future in it. Yeah, you should be very proud of what you accomplished. So talk to us a little bit about garment manufacturing in the United States This is an industry that has suffered for decades with a lot of the work going overseas. So talk to us. I mean, you're rare in what you do and being so successful at it within the United States. So speak into that a little bit and particularly with regard to why it's important for our national interest and national security. Absolutely. So I'm obviously a big supporter of Made in USA product. I think it's really important for number one, national security. So if there's ever a crisis that occurs, whether it's a global pandemic or some other version of where the world kind of stops for a second, you never want to have all of your production happen in one part of the world. And over the years, especially the last uh, two decades, the apparel manufacturing industry has been honestly pummeled. And what we saw in 2020 was a big wake-up call, I think, nationally, that we really need some of these resources, at least at a certain percentage. And I don't know what that percentage is, but 
I think there's a lot of discussion around how do we maintain just even an, an acceptable level so that if a crisis does happen, we have that resource to fall back on. And what I love about the manufacturing community here is whoever's left is like, it's kind of survival of the fittest. <laughs> so whoever's left here is amazing at pivoting, is flexible. They're some of the best manufacturing communities, I think, in the world because they're able to do things like pivot to make gowns within weeks. And part of the gown production in New York City was working with your whole supply chain domestically as well as internationally. And it was amazing with even the small crew that we had left here. And I'm talking about trim providers and fabric providers and other manufacturing companies. There's still a real ecosystem here. So how do we support and encourage that? Especially because what's left is the kind of cream of the crop, the people that really love manufacturing and the people that can really foster it and its evolution over time. So I think that it's really important to support Made in USA just because it's a little more expensive sometimes doesn't mean that we should just automatically outsource it or send it overseas because ultimately there's a national security interest at hand. And also every dollar you spend on something that's made in the United States is going to go back into our economy versus something that you're spending overseas that doesn't go back to different American businesses. It's There's a much bigger economic impact of buying USA. So I think there's a lot of reasons to support it, but those are just a few of them. So that's a good segue. Let's talk a little bit about new technology in your industry that helps American manufacturers be more competitive on the world stage and perhaps how your company is implementing new technology. Yeah. So a really important initiative that we have here is we have over the last few years installed screens all over our factory to embed different order management systems and technical systems throughout. So what I mean by that is our vision is that an, a sewing operator would have a screen next to them, giving them instructions on how to sew a garment. So that is super important, especially as you make more complex garments, that your operator isn't just getting something to make, but they understand what they're making and how to make it. And so we've started that process of implementing real-time order management systems and technical systems and getting our whole team technology savvy to allow for more efficient order management systems and also systems that can translate into different languages because often manufacturing is a very diverse group of people and you have people that are English as a second language that need to read technical documents in their own language. So instead of just Typically in manufacturing, in apparel manufacturing, you get PDFs that you print out and distribute. We're really making strides towards having that technology integrated into the manufacturing process so everyone has transparency into what we're making and how we're supposed to make it. That's on the software side. On the hardware side, we have invested a lot in different pattern sewers so that repetitive product you can make more efficiently. There's also a lot of really exciting stuff around CNC cutters that are have artificial intelligence to cut plaids and different prints in different ways. So that's another area that we're investing in as well. All of these technology investments, what they do is they allow American manufacturing to become better at providing 
custom product, which I think is where the industry is going. So being able to produce a custom suit, you need a lot of software and hardware to support that custom product production. And I think it's a real opportunity for American manufacturers in the apparel space because often overseas has very high minimums. So we can become kind of this customization hub the more we invest in technology that makes us more flexible and able to produce those custom products. That's really interesting. Customization as a way to maintain competitiveness. I know as you said that, I've got a smile on my face, and I'm sure every woman listening to this does. There is, in my opinion, such a need for that. And I, as a consumer, would certainly pay more for an American-made product, and even more so if it's customized to my body type. That's amazing. Yeah, I was just, uh, it was funny. I was shopping for wedding dresses with a friend who's getting married in a few months. And she was so stressed out because we just couldn't, we went to so many stores and we just couldn't find something that she was happy with. And I was uh, not necessarily kicking myself, but I just couldn't wait until the day that I could say, hey, we could actually make something for you because I know you like this style dress, but you can't find that color. And we actually can print the fabric and make a one-off custom dress for you. So that's my dream. And I know just as being the target consumer group as well, I just see such a need for it for women to have access to that because you go to the store and you're like, okay, I'm going to pay full retail for a dress that I'm not really happy with or a suit that I'm not really happy with. And I'd be willing to spend just a little bit more to get something that I'll love for the rest of my life. That almost sounds like a retail franchise opportunity for your company. Yeah, we'll go from manufacturing to retailer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you'll never give up your manufacturing roots. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to us a little bit. I know you're very passionate about women entering the field of manufacturing. Why is that? So first of all, we are a women-owned company, but also... I think in the apparel space, you tend to see a lot more women in the space to begin with. And what you don't see is more people that are interested in supply chain, which I think is such an important part of the industry. You see people that are drawn to fashion design, but not necessarily the kind of business side of things or the operation side. I think it's such an exciting field. I honestly would have no idea that it existed unless my family was already involved in the business. And so as a business that's women-owned, but also 75% of our workers are female. So we see such an opportunity for more women to get involved in the industry. And I think there's also like, often we have to multitask a lot in our role. And I know a lot of women that would really enjoy a role that's kind of fast-paced with multitasking and problem-solving. And when I talk to my friends, they don't necessarily even know that that supply chain and manufacturing could be an opportunity for them. So we've also involved ourselves with my alma mater, which is Barnard College uptown in New York, and trying to sort of spread the word and get people more involved with manufacturing because there aren't very many manufacturers doing outreach to, or at least small business manufacturers doing outreach to the colleges. So I want to kind of shift the mindset around what it means to be in manufacturing. That's fabulous. 
Talk to us a little bit about what is next for Ferrara Manufacturing. I know you've got some new buildings in Long Island City. Talk to us about that a little bit. So we're really excited. We just purchased a building in the middle of the pandemic and in 2020 of the summer. And we couldn't believe we were making a decision like that during you know all of that chaos. But we had such a strong vision for what could be here in Manhattan and in Long Island City. So the Long Island City plant will be housing custom printing technology. So we'll be able to produce small runs of printed fabrics. And part of that is to fulfill that vision of being able to produce a custom suit on demand. And the other part of that is that you can apply all sorts of different finishing to any fabric. So you could potentially make a PPE fabric with different coats and finishing to apply that level of protection to any type of garment. So we're investing in that fabric, that custom fabric printing technology and coating technology. And then we're also setting up our new lines for the military uniforms out in Long Island City as well. So we're really excited about the plant. It's about four times the size of our current plant. So it's a major expansion for us. And we also, besides production, really want to set up a community engagement component of the new location to make sure that we're exposing everyone to what it means to manufacture, whether it's someone that's interested in apparel manufacturing or just manufacturing in general. We want people to be able to go on tours and take classes at the plant so that they can just enjoy the energy of making that will be housed at that location. So we're really excited to... We love New York. So we're excited to have a sort of destination in New York City and expose people to what it means to make here in the United States. That will likely be an incredible recruiting tool for your company. I love that idea of allowing people to come in and learn about making garments. That's fabulous. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. We will definitely, we want to make people excited again about what it means to make. And I think there's a real interest in learning about production and manufacturing. A lot of my friends are really interested in visiting the factory and we want to be able to not only introduce our immediate network, but really open it up to anyone to see the big machinery, the workflow, the production lines, really be able to make it an experience for everyone to enjoy. I actually want you to come back for an interview after you've implemented this. I think it would be really beneficial for manufacturers in other sectors to hear how this was a great recruiting tool for you. Yeah, I'd love to. So, hey, we're about to run out of time. Tell our listeners if they'd like to learn more about Ferrara Manufacturing, how best to reach out to you. You can reach us on our website at Ferrara, F-E-R-R-A-R-A, M-F-G.com. And we also have our PPE division up online as well which is ferrarasupply.com, F-E-R-R-A-R-A, supply.com. And both has information on our production processes and also a contact form if you're interested in learning more, collaborating with us on any new product. 
Gabrielle, thanks so much for being with us today. This was absolutely fabulous. I love your story. I love the story of the COVID pivots and the story of your family business. It's absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much, friend. Hey, if you're a woman in manufacturing and would like to be on the show, please reach out to me at 908-387-1000. I'd also like to encourage our listeners to visit whampodcast.com where you can listen to all of our shows and other manufacturing podcasts brought to you by the Jacket Media Company. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining the Wham! Podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.